That scared the absolute shit out of me. Yeah, I know. Just scares me every time. <laughs> just started doing that. It never did that before, like a month ago. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we are back with another episode with a special guest host, Peter Andresani. What's going on, guys? <laughs> with the Love Coffee Mug special feature. Got to spread the love, my man. <laughs> <laughs> now, thanks for, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. I've been trying to get on for like months. Yeah, I know, man. I wanted to try to do something from before the draft. Yeah, that would have been great. That was my shit, man. The draft. <laughs> oh, that's our favorite season too. Like that was that was all our fault. Um, we were working like crazy schedules. Even this oh, week, it was tough to get. Well, Ryan, that was a lie. You you were working like seventy hour weeks. Yeah, I was working like crazy weeks. Yeah, Ryan, what do you what do you what do you do? Well, right now I'm looking for another job, but oh. that was crazy. Yeah, so I did that for like four months. But yeah, yeah so my schedule is really crazy. We barely got like. And that's my favorite season too. Draft season was tough to get like actual content out, even though we did have a few mock drafts. Yeah. I started in like late March, and you could tell we were only literally like an episode like once every like two weeks. But uh, mm-hmm. now we're back regularly, which is much better. I love it. I love it. I'm a big fan of the show, by the way. <laughs> same, with, same with you guys. Well, just you, I guess now, right? Yeah, R.I.P. Just me. That's all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So Are we getting into it? Up into it. Yeah, I guess so. You guys want to talk a little bit about basketball oh. first? Some preview. We don't have to. Yeah, we'll get it out of the way. We, there's no way we cannot talk about Game 7 tonight. We're from Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Yeah. So, my thing is, regardless, because, look, the series started out with two blowouts, right? It was the Nets by far and away. And they're like, okay, they're just the better team. What's Giannis really in the playoffs? You, We're going to win in four. Nobody got hurt. Yeah, you have to kind of – everybody was saying, like, you need to transition yourself, like, from regular season to playoff. You have to hit that second gear. You can't be so limited, right, in your game. You have to start adapting, and you can't do that. Do you need another star? Does he need to leave? Uh, then they come back, right? They tie the series up. Mm-hmm. Durant has that legendary historic game five that I think had to be one of the best playoff games of all time, like, for a single player. I think of that Durant game. I think of the LeBron and Kyrie Irving 41-point night. Stuff like that, or like yeah. uh, when Clay Thompson hit a million threes in one game, like those kind of nights. Um, and now you know they dropped the ball because you know Durant played 48 minutes prior. James Harden wasn't 100. percent Have you guys been noticing too with James Harden? Everybody's saying like, "Oh, it's so great that he's out on the floor," and he makes like two three pointers, and he's a liability on defense. How is he helping the team by being out there? Yeah, that's I never what... understood that. They were saying that on the on the radio the other day. I was listening on my way to work and it was like Harden on a bum leg played like 46 minutes, but what is he really doing? I think he only took like 13 shots. Like, you know, shot selection wasn't great. Like, like you said, he's a liability on defense. He can't get back. Like, what, what is he really doing? Is he really Every benefiting the time, team by being on yeah. there? They blow by him. And then I, I saw, I forgot what show it was on, but they were like, how has Milwaukee not like abused that matchup of just like driving to the rim when Harden's like, cause I remember there was one play, I think in game five where, it was towards the end of the game. Giannis had Harden in the post. And instead of just like blowing by him, he took like the fading fall away. Like, why would you do that? Like abuse the guy. He can't guard you. Maybe he's trying to work on his game because he knows his mid range game is trash. <laughs> and That's why I, it didn't go in. And it's my game is trash, but you guys, you seen who was it? Lamar Perkins. Someone was like, uh, Chris Middleton is like the actual Batman. And Giannis is the, uh, the Robin. Is the, oh, I don't know. That's a, like that, that's a that's a pretty whack statement, honestly. <laughs> Ryan, you were saying before we were recording too, like the split between Middleton's home game performances yeah. and road game. Yeah, 
it's averaging like 30 points a game compared to however many eight like 18 or something but it's like not efficient 18 it's like you're shooting like 20 times to hit 18 <laughs> but you know i'm gonna trust i'm going with the bucks tonight anyway so which is probably uh-huh. a mistake it just the nets like unless Unless the Nets get uh, Joe Harris to actually play well and contribute, oh and, like and Blake Griffin has to have another like because he played well in Game Five too, Blake Griffin, but in Game Six he wasn't he didn't play well. The Nets need like some of these role players to actually step up. Like I know what's his name stepped up big. Uh, who, what's his name? Green. He's like thirty seven. He's draining yeah. threes, but I don't think he hits. He hit like six or seven threes. I don't think you can like consistently ask that of him. So the Nets I know, I know I Joe Harris to step up. I think you're going to get a lot out of Duran and Harden tonight, though. Just, you know, it's game seven. You know, they're superstars for a reason. You already know Duran's going to step up. Duran might play all 48 minutes again. That's a real possibility that he might do. He will. Yeah. He, Durant, I love him. Love to watch him. And he frustrates me at the same, the same time because, like, I feel like Durant just is on, like, constant coast mode in some games where he's just like, I'll drop a quick 30. And then if he needs to turn it on, He'll absolutely turn on, like you said, in that legendary performance. It's like he was on the entire night. And then, like, in game six, it was like, yeah, you know, he did shoot 30 times. Like, he actually was, like, kind of efficient. He was 15 of 30. But, like, I didn't feel that again, like what I felt like in game five, where he was just absolutely on. So I really hope if he comes with that tonight, there's no chance that the Bucks win. I mean, he started to, but the Bucks just kind of kept answering him. Like, Chris Middleton, yeah. going, like, shot for shot, so – and the Bucks home crowd, oh, like this, took over. Honestly, that's mm-hmm. why I'm kind of concerned that it's it's in Brooklyn. As much as we shit on them as Knicks fans, the the crowd has been a big difference in Brooklyn. You know those bandwagoners. Yeah, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, um, we got that much talent, though. Who do you think's yeah. gonna win the the finals? Is like our my picks out. I picked Utah. Peters picks out the Lakers. So Markel's yeah. pick is ha- hanging on by a thread. If they lose tonight, the Bucks are out. So. Mine, I'm pretty sure mine was the Nets. If I go back to like my my NBA video that I did, so I'm still in it. But I was like reluctant from the beginning because you know my heart of hearts told me, yeah, the Knicks are gonna make it into like the Eastern Conference Finals or some shit, and that was just a wash. But um, now nah, I honestly I feel like if they do get past the Bucks, there's really no one on the Western side. Like like yeah, you know Phoenix is pretty dangerous and they've they've proven to be really good in this postseason. But I just feel like. Matt, they can't really match up with the star power that the Nets have. But the, the problem with that is I feel like we say that about Phoenix every series that they're in, and they end up <laughs> and winning. Then they win, we yeah. say that about Atlanta, too. Atlanta's underdogs in every game they've played so far. Yeah. And they keep showing out. Even if they lose the game, like, they're right there. So at what point are we like, okay, I know, like, we have the mindset that Phoenix and Atlanta are, like, not the best teams in the league, but when they keep beating the best teams in the league, We'll realize that when they're finally in the finals together. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be crazy. I mean, imagine Atlanta, though, they need someone else besides Trey Young because, like, last night they would have won the game if they had anybody else. Trey Young scored, like, all their points in the the second half. So, yeah. Yeah. And, like, right at the end of the game, that that shot before the lights went out was crazy. Yeah. I feel like the lights kind of screwed Atlanta going out, like, like those 10 momentum wise. Because they they were, like, the crowd was going crazy. Trey Young just hits a big shot and then boom, like, Lights go off for 30 seconds, game stops, and then Clippers go uh, – not Clippers. The Sixers go another um, – and beat scores then two points. Sounds mm-hmm. like out and then the game is over. But, I thought yeah. I was like – I thought I was like drunk when I read that because like I wasn't watching the game. I, I was I was drinking with, with my friends and I, I read it and I was like, the lights went out? And I was like, what the hell? And then, <laughs> I like, what the hell Dude, I, I texted Ryan too when that happened. It reminded me of that Ravens 49ers Super Bowl where like everything's oh, happening. All of a sudden it just went pitch black and everybody – 
it was really cool to see in the game all the fans in the stadium like took out their cell phones and turned on the flashlights. Oh, and yeah. yeah, that was pretty cool. Moments and funny enough, the, the team that was going to win the Super Bowl lost that year too. The Niners coming all the way back lost all the momentum and the lights. Actually, it's a lie. The Ravens were up really big. The lights went out. The Niners came back. Should have won the game, but they held Crabtree in the end zone. But, you know, real quick before we before we really get into it. I um during that Super Bowl I was in you know like you're in Super Bowl pools and all the boxes and everything like that and I was poised to win like twenty five hundred dollars and at that time what year was that twenty twelve so I was what fourteen oh god that's crazy I was fourteen <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like oh my god like I, I had the the two final numbers I think it was at the time it was thirty four no no it was uh thirty two twenty nine or some shit like that or it was something like really close no it was thirty four uh 29 and i had four and nine as my last two two numbers to win 2500 bucks and then the punter ran out of the end zone to kill the time <laughs> <laughs> and i was like god damn you imagine 2500 as a 14 year old like you're rich bro <laughs> top of the world yeah yeah <laughs> i can still remember it to this day too oh it haunts my dreams all the time man i can't tell you how many parlays i've been screwed out of that sucks. Dude. It only happened like once or twice. I remember one other team did that in the Super Bowl. Was it Seattle? Some other team like just did the same thing with the punter. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Often, so, but of course, when you have money on the line, it happens to of you. Of course, man. one in a million. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into it. Um, how many teams did you guys put down? So I have ten. Oh, you have ten now. Okay, so I have ten as well. Yeah, so do I. All right, so we'll just go our top 10 teams. You guys want to do it in order? I didn't put mine in order. I didn't put mine in order either. All right, we'll just make it. Uh, I have an order, but it could easily flip-flop. All right. If you want to have, like, a favorite, like, number one, I think everything right. else is, like, close. Or like, I feel like anybody who watches the show knows who my number one most improved team is. I think we're all going to have the same number one if we did rank them. We are not. I think we are. Oh, then no. I know what team you have. <laughs> I, I had them on the list. I had them on the list, but – all right, actually, before we get into it, I wanted to um, hold on. So I have this article. So I'll read the stats, as you know, we're a podcast, so we should have some background information on why we're like ranking teams who get better. Um, and because so a lot of the times, I know for the last couple of years, there's been at least one or two teams from each conference to go from last to first. And not only that, but sometimes they'll make a wild card spot. So let me pull up those numbers for you. Okay, so since 1984, obviously, depending on how you did the year before, you play either a first-place schedule, second-place schedule, third-place mm-hmm. schedule, or fourth-place schedule. There has been 226 teams. Obviously, 164 of those teams just improved from the year before. Uh, 47 of them finished with the worst record. Some, I don't know. Some, for some of these teams, that's going to be impossible. Another 15 finished with the same exact record. Uh, 31 of those. 226 went from worst to first and won their division and another 18 qualified for the playoffs. And I know recently uh, the most, they said the most recent was the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl in uh, 2016, they went from seven to nine to 13 and three. They have a couple examples here, like the, the greatest show on turf, the 1999, the Rams, 2001 Patriots and 2009 Saints. Peter. Yeah. So that Ryan, where did you get that stat? That has to be one of the wildest things I've <laughs> ever heard in my life. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, did you pull that up? Yeah, hold on. I'll send it to my laptop. And I'll pull it up. 
that's freaking awesome. I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about right now? Not for nothing. What would have been historic <laughs> is if the 49ers won that Super Bowl that year against the Chiefs because yeah. they were whatever bottom of the league. How yeah. would they have two or three wins? And uh, Washington last year went from what second overall pick, same thing to uh, well, not same thing, playoffs. Good year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that was the NFC least, so you can't really count that, I guess. <laughs> but the thing is, I think it's in terms of that division this year, I think it's pretty close. Like, I still don't know who I have favored to come out because I could I see a path for Dallas to do it. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, I don't think the defense is all that much improved since last year. Um, Washington would probably be the favorite because obviously they have the best all around roster, mm-hmm. and plus somehow they even got better from last year. Yeah, but then that division, the same team never wins it two years in a row, so that's what's holding me back from picking them. Yeah, and then I think the Giants got a whole lot better, and we're going to talk about them now as one of the teams. Yeah, no, I, I've been. I actually I do some content every once in a while with um this guy who's like big in in the Washington football team like community and stuff like that, and he's ever since I started like talking to him and everything, I've I've really we've been deep diving into like numbers and stuff like that, and I really do believe in the Washington football team this year. Like I have them straight up. Like I'll even tell you that I have them at like 11 and six this year. I think they're going to be like, like really good. Their defense is like top. I don't think that's like like too bold of a take. I I could see that happening. Yeah. I think that they're going to be really good this year. And the division is going to be a lot better than people think. I, 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 but we also say that every year. I just, of course, well, we have to. I disagree. <laughs> it's be better than it was last year, of course. That's not going to happen again. Where they went seven and nine. I, I went back and did like when I was trying to see like you know the standings for the team. Mm-hmm. I went back and I was like seven and nine won the division. And I'm looking at the rest of these teams, and you know, came like the as much as like uh, we talked like, like they were like, trash but mediocre. Like Dallas still won five or six games last year with Dalton yeah. quarterback for like from week five on. So that's what I'm saying. So there's still a path for them to win the division with oh, that yeah. coming back. Yeah, if you guys are watching on YouTube, we have it up on the screen now, what I just said. Um, for anyone watching on Spotify or Google, obviously you just heard what I said. But, yeah, I just wanted to do, like, the research behind, like, how many teams turned it around, which is a lot. And uh, it's been happening, I, I would say, more and more frequently now every year. Or I'm kind of expecting a team to go from worst to first or at least from worst to playoffs. So it's pretty exciting. I mean, look, looking at we'll, – we'll get into it after we, we list our 10 off seasons, like how we list or how we rank our uh, worst yeah. candidates. I will say this year, I think it's going to be tough for any of these teams to do it. But I was – when, we when we were like – when I was writing out my stuff on like my Google Doc, I was <laughs> – I'm not going to lie. I literally left it blank. I was like, I – you know what? I was like, we're just going to roll with it because I'm looking at all these like worst teams. And I'm like, ah. So I, I don't really know who can go first. I, the first. I left my like, I just wrote down the teams because like I don't know how to rank some of these teams. Some of them aren't tough yeah. divisions. Some of them just aren't very good. Like that's the truth. Yeah. But there's all like there's one team I think we'll all probably agree on for the consensus number one. But after that, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But anyway, I, think I know what team you're that. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So some of these teams might be on your most improved teams this off season, or just best off seasons in general. Uh, who wants to go first? No order. Well, we're not doing an order, here, so we can just throw out teams. Yeah. I had a few I, – I did a couple, like, honorable mentions because I didn't really want to, like, okay, forget yeah, about some of the teams, too. Yeah. So, like, a couple – like, one of the honorable mentions I had was the, the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Because, I mean, they didn't – first off, they went into the offseason with essentially no money to spend. 
and their biggest problems were in the secondary and defending the run. So you go out and you sign Dalvin Tomlinson, which was like a super underrated like signing because that dude is a run stuffer if you've ever seen one before. And that was really the key for me to Leonard Williams' success for the Giants was Dalvin Tomlinson because he was just a, you know, a space eater. He ate up blocks and then that allowed Williams to be free. So he could do a lot more than just run stuff. And then also in the secondary, they have two good young cornerbacks with Gladney and Cam Densler. And then you add Patrick Peterson to that mix too, where, you know, he's one of the best cornerbacks of definitely our generation, you know, and you add him to that and they have a chance to learn. He, he could also contribute like yeah, he's coming off of a, probably the worst year of, of his career because he's getting up there in age. But I just think that the signings that they made and then their draft picks, the only draft pick I really didn't agree with, with the 49ers was Kellen Mond. I didn't like Kellen Mond in the third round for them, but everything else, you look at their draft, they've improved immensely across the board. Yeah. yeah it's definitely a good pick. I have the argument you just made. You could have put them in the top 10. <laughs> I, have in, I have them in my top 10 and uh, you kind of hit it word for word. So I don't really have to talk. Okay. And then Hunter coming back, just signed back. So that's why yeah. I put him on my list. I was like, Oh, he's, he's back. All right. Like, <laughs> So for me, just an honorable mention to get out of the way too. We talk about Patrick Peterson coming to Minnesota. It's his former team, the Arizona Cardinals. Just with the additions they made, and like obviously you have the big names like JJ Watt, and even if JJ Watt doesn't play ninety percent of the snaps, he's still going to make a difference on the defensive line. Um, I still felt like I had to make them an honorable mention because you still have Hopkins there, right? And look, we we don't even know if Larry Fitzgerald's coming back or not but mm-hmm. i saw i forgot who tweeted it it was one of the cardinals players said man like if fitzgerald hasn't announced it yet he's, he's his ass is coming back we all know <laughs> it so that's at least one more year of consistency you could get on like little drag routes on third down which kyler loves throwing to him mm-hmm. um the biggest concern so like the additions they made defensively because that's their biggest hole right going into the offseason were decent enough to at least acknowledge that they got better Mm-hmm. How much better is the question one? Because you lose somebody like Patrick Peterson, and I don't think you did that much to replace him. And then I know, Ryan, you have your doubts about Kingsbury as a head coach in general and his decision-making and what you call on what down, uh, timeout usage, just knowing how to use clock too is starting to become a problem. Uh, so they still have question marks. I didn't want to put them in this top 10 tier of teams that I think are actually going to make a difference because I do think they're going to flirt around with the same record. So I also have I have two two teams listed for honorable mention. The Cardinals are actually one of them. Mine too, uh, yeah, actually. Same reasons you mentioned. Um, they definitely deserve to be like acknowledged because they had a pretty decent offseason. Um, it just like I don't like putting teams who I think are on the hot seat or not going to improve that much in record. Yeah, so, so that's what I was saying. They're going to flirt around yeah. the same record, Cardinals, I think, even with like, it. Well, they went one nine and seven last year. Yeah, I think so. Uh, they were not in the playoffs. I know they yeah. collapsed. They kind of collapsed toward the end, lost like the last three or four or four to five. Yeah. Um, like they did make some pickups. Like if AJ Green can bounce, I mean, I'm not expecting to bounce back like prime AJ Green, but if he can get like back to even like 2018 AJ Green, that's a big difference to the offense. I love Ronda Moore, but I don't know if he can stay healthy. He hasn't been healthy since like 2018, 2019. Um, and I don't, I don't like, like you said, Peter, I don't like Cliff Kingsbury very much. Um, so I think they would even fire him this year if they go like eight and eight. I agree with that. I definitely, I definitely think you're right about that. He's his seat might be the hottest of any head coach in the league. And one other thing that like you, Peter, you really nailed it on the head with, especially like this, the defense and everything. I feel like 
the moves that they make or even the draft picks they make is really more of like quantity over quality. Like I feel like a lot of the picks that they made, the free agent signings, it was more big names and not really fits. Like one thing that they actually did that that I I really liked was when they traded a third rounder to get Rodney Hudson because even though Hudson's in his 30s, he's still one of the best centers in football. And like, yeah, that's a big problem area for Arizona. But what I didn't like is that was kind of it. It was like, okay, we got Rodney Hudson. We got, you know, Kenyon Drake left. Let's sign James Conner. And like, that bothers me. Like, yeah, they still have Chase Edmonds, but like Edmonds isn't an every down back. And like, clearly neither is Conner. After seeing the way that he's run the last couple of years, like he's not like an every down back. So I don't think that they did too much to help Murray like in the pocket and like in the run game, like he's going to have to rely on his arm a lot this year. And like, yeah, they gave him the weapons to, to do that adequately, but also at the same time, it comes with a lot of accuracy concerns. Like I remember, you guys remember that game against the the Cowboys where they like blew out the Cowboys, but he only completed like seven of 24 passes or something like that. Like it was just real. Like I remember that being terrible and the whole year, I think he was only like 58% completion percentage. So for them to even really make noise in the NFC West, I really think he needs to have at least like 62 or above completion percentage because he's going to have to rely on his arm a lot. That's fair. And I think if you're like a betting man on that, you're going to bet that, you know, he's not going to hit that 62% completion percentage, which is why they're going to flirt around with the same record. They're going to mm-hmm. lose the games against the playoff caliber teams, the well-coached teams, right? Right. Like a game plan around, you know, his legs essentially because that's the number one killer on that offense. I don't even think it's Hopkins. It's Murray's legs. And if you find a team that could game plan around that, you could have a successful game against the Cardinals. Yeah. And even, like, as much as Hudson was a great addition, and he really was for – because, like you said, uh, Peter, like, I actually watched, you know, like, uh, each – not each team, but a couple different teams post, like, the YouTube videos behind the scenes of – uh Funny enough, I actually just watched the Cardinals the other day, and it, like basically what you said word for word is what their GM Steve Kime just said that he, he wanted like veterans with experience in here. That like that was the entire plan. Like I don't know if they're some of these guys aren't scheme fits either. Especially like I can't see James Conner being much of a scheme fit when the Cardinals want like fast, fast guys and the Kyler Murray and like yeah. in the backfield. But you know we'll see if it works for them. Um, you know I took they did take a massive step last year compared to year one of Kingsbury, so that's good. It's just kind of hard to see them playing in the division they are with the holes they have. I mean, they tried. I mean, I like Zayvon Collins. Hopefully they play – I think their plan is to play Simmons and Collins both at linebacker this year. So we need Simmons on the field. We'll see. I, I like Collins a lot. It's just kind of mm-hmm. hard to bank on a rookie, like contributing and being like a real big factor in year one. Um, so we'll see what the Cardinals do. They're going to be exciting to watch, as always. Uh, I'm actually going to bet on Kyler Murray to, to improve, though, to step up again like he did from year one to year two. I, I just have questions does. about the rest of the team. Um, so my last honorable mention team, and I know these guys are going to be in your top five, top 10. I have the Giants here and uh, hear, me, hear me out. I think they did get a lot better. I think they do deserve to be on a top 10 list. I just don't see the record changing that much. I don't. I Regardless see of the additions? Yeah, because the only team they beat in the division every year is Washington. And Washington actually have a better quarterback this year. Um, they never yeah. beat Dallas. They beat Philly for the first time in like 10 years last year. And it was Carson. Carson Wentz actually beat them the first game. They lost then to I think Wentz. They beat then Wentz or Hurts in the second game. Um, I don't doubt the Giants got much better. I still like Joe Judge. Like this, like I'll be bold here. Screw it. I think Daniel Jones is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Uh, I think he'll be better. There it is. But, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they won. I think they went six and ten last year, five and eleven. 
can they make the step to seven and nine? Sure. Are the Giants going to the playoffs? I don't think so. And I don't think they're going to finish first or second in the division. So I don't have them here just for that reason alone. But yeah. if you want to like just sell me on the moves they made, sure. Like Galladay's a big improvement. Um, like a lot of the moves they made are actually pretty good. Like I'm, this is one of Gettleman's better, best offseason as a GM, yeah. I'd say, ever, even with Carolina. So this is kind of unfair to the offseason they had. I just like for some of these teams, they're coming off like low, low win totals. So they're going to make like mm-hmm. a massive jump. Or the other teams I didn't, or the, the other two or three teams that I have here are like on the borderline of the playoffs, who I'm going to predict it to like over, you know, to um, take that next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Giants are a team for me where their next step for me is like playoffs. And I just don't see them making the playoffs this year. Um, and I feel like they'll have a similar record to what they had last year, but it'll just because it'll just be because the division got better. I went yeah. back. I had to, I had to check. I was like, did they beat anyone impressive last year? The answer was just Seattle and Seattle. Every, everybody else they beat was in the division and they only won five games last year. You know, I actually like 1000% agree with you on the placement because while I was making my list, I was like giants hundred percent. And then um, I, when I was done with like the honorable mentions and everything, I'm like, you know what? The giants really don't fit on here. I was like, I think I have to bump them down. And I did put them in the honorable mentions. Like you said, I think everything that you said pretty much nails it right on the head. Like, I just don't see them improving record-wise that much. And you have to figure if the Giants – it's playoffs or bust for Gettleman at least. And the Giants are a classy organization to the point where they don't really fire people, where they'll be like, all right, like you have to retire or, you know, like step down. And, you know, you have the same ideology because they promote within. So, like, you're just going to have another Dave Gettleman. Like, his assistant is probably going to get promoted. You're just going to have another Dave Gettleman. And you're going to have these years of spending and decent drafting but just not – Moving up, I really think the problem is at quarterback and offensive line. Everything else, like the Giants are super talented across the, the roster. I just think Daniel Jones and the offensive line itself are just That's another crap. great question. I didn't even mention the offensive line. It's it's still like – I know PFF had their rankings of like offensive lines. They had them at 32nd. Now, granted, can they, can they take a step or two with Andrew Thomas? Of course. Mm-hmm. But like there's not that much talent on that offensive line. There's no. not. They're going to they're gonna be a bottom three, bottom five offensive line. And you play in a division where all the defensive lines are pretty good, especially yeah. Washington's really good. Philly's very good. Like it just like for me, they didn't set the, like, you know how like teams kind of build to beat their division opponents. Mm-hmm. The giants didn't do that at all. Like they, they sacked the defensive line, of course themselves, but like, you know, offensive lines, a big question mark. I think it's bad. And I think the quarterback is bad to mediocre. Maybe you can take a next step up this year. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. So, but I had them like, basically on the fence i had them at 10 and then i bumped this other team up because i believe in them just a little bit more. yeah okay so this is where i play devil's advocate <clears throat> and make myself sound like a giant fan even though i'm not um and it has largely to do with their draft class because they drafted two of my favorite players in the whole class so my thing is with the giants like if you're a betting man like if i if you're asking me to put money on a team i'm probably gonna go washington and win the division right or I can make an argument that I just feel more confident betting on Dallas because, yep. you know, you have Dak Prescott, you have all the weapons you have on offense. You still have Zeke, even though he's not what he was like his first two years, he's still Ezekiel Elliott. Like he still get the job done most games, right? If you just put a good line in front of him. So with the Giants, what it comes down to, you guys hit the nail on the head, like Daniel Jones isn't an impressive quarterback from what we've seen so far. And the offensive line is probably going to end up beating, being, I don't know about bottom five, but definitely bottom 10 of the, league i just don't know how you could see around it right but we how many times do we see in the nfl where 
despite having a bad offensive line. Obviously, that's the difference maker in like a Super Bowl. We just saw that last year, but we see teams with bad offensive lines still win nine or ten games. We just saw it with Arizona. We just talked about Arizona. They did it. With good quarterbacks. Obviously, you don't have you don't have the there's a gap at quarterback, but there's also a gap at your running back. Saquon's coming back. He should be 100 percent healthy. And regardless of you're worried about like who's blocking in front of him, he's still a threat out of the backfield. You draft Kadarius Tony, where you could use him in. I don't know how if they're going to use him in jet sweeps. I don't know if they're going to even line him up at running back sometimes because just because he has a freaky skill set like that, line him out wide. He could be used in the various ways. You add Kenny Galladay as one of the wideouts, right? So on third downs, or especially red zone, where the Giants struggled to make points, that was the difference in that Tampa Bay game. Do you guys remember that? I think it was Monday night football. Maybe it was Thursday night. Yeah, it was Monday night. They actually played well in that game. So Yeah, so the, you were right there ready to beat what – was to be the champions, right? Yeah. And you're one red zone threat away from doing so. Mm-hmm. So you add that, right? Your defense was already pretty stacked. But on top of that, you add Adore Jackson. And he's not even – you're not even asking him to be your number one corner. Yeah. One of my favorite corner – one of my favorite corners in the draft was Aaron Robinson. Said you bring him in. So I think he's going to be immediately one of the top, like, five nickels in the league mm-hmm. just as soon as he steps on the field. And you could even line them up out wide sometimes. And then you get edge pressure with disease. Hopefully, you know, the health thing pans out and he's good. But I just think you added too much talent to an already talented roster. And you don't even need Daniel Jones to play great. You just need him to play adequate to make a push. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think they're going to win like seven games, maybe eight. I just like for me, it's just not playoffs. That was the whole thing. Because the other team that I put in front of them is, in, in my opinion, make the playoffs or at least – push like i think maybe, maybe okay i just i see more of a path for them to make like yeah. if not the division because it's usually so bad even when we expect it to be good to flirt <laughs> around that wild card spot now the the giants are definitely one of those teams this year where it's like you're split there's no one like right in the middle it's either people are like playoff bound or like complete bust like i feel like there's nobody that's like eh, they could they could go either way and that's where I am. I, I think not, there's a path not, for both. Yeah. They could make the playoffs. The division stinks one injury away yeah. from other teams not being very good. Um, but that, that applies to them, too. It's like, yeah. like if what happens if Blake Martinez doesn't play as well as he did last year? Like, and I think that's their biggest hole. I, they, I'm surprised they didn't address linebacker anywhere yeah. in free agency or the draft. Just based on moves, the Giants probably deserve to be in the top ten. Like They, they certainly bolstered their roster a lot. It just yeah. – um, for other teams, like I said, I was just projecting like how many win totals are they jumping from, and if even if it's not that many win totals, are they going from non-playoffs to playoffs? Mm. The Giants could make the playoffs. Um, I just don't think they will. So okay. I like that. I like the way that you said that. You're like they could. I don't think they will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I think yeah. I had. I just had like quickly like two teams I wanted to talk about honorable mentions why maybe you guys have them in your top 10 because they really didn't I don't really think they did too too much to get that much better but like one honorable mention for me is the Rams and really the reason why the Rams is just because the absolute upgrade at quarterback this is a Super Bowl caliber roster to begin with and really their big hole was the fact that Jared Goff really isn't that great of a quarterback and they were paying him all that money. And I'm a big, I'm a huge believer in Matt Stafford. Like the only knock that we might have against him this year is, Oh, well he's played all his, you know, 
football in Detroit, no expectations. You're basically out of the playoffs by like November. So like, how are you going to handle, you know, the big lights of LA, like, you know, all the added pressure and, you know, you, they're expected to make a Super Bowl this year, or at least a deep run. But I really think that just really the sole acquisition of Matthew Stafford and, you know, they picked up like Deshaun Jackson too, like, you know, they got rid of some dead weight with like Michael Brockers and everything like that. I think that their roster actually looks a, a ton better now than it did last year with just the the slim acquisitions that they made because they were a good team last year with Jared Goff. They had the number one defense in the league. So, you know, you, you add a quarterback like Matt Stafford and I, I think immediately they become like a top two or three favorite in the NFC. Yeah. So that's actually why I have them in my like top three kind of teams in terms of most improved. Cause granted they finished with like nine wins and they were still in the playoffs. So you're like, okay, if you're already nine wins and in the playoffs, how much better can you get? I think you get much better. I think I think you can't count out a 13-win season. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can count it out with this team. And like you said, whether it's the NFL, it's a one-game playoff, so anything could happen. But I'm not going to say they're going to make a Super Bowl, but like if you're asking me a favorite out of the you know, NFC, I'm probably going to pick the Rams. So like you said, like the huge upgrade from Goff to Stafford I think is massive not just on the field, but like, I think that everybody around you, we've already seen it with Jalen Ramsey, like that brings up the locker room. Like the locker room has like more faith in what's going on, what's happening, right? They play better. They feel like they're playing for something bigger now. They Mm -hmm. just buy in more. I think your running game gets better. The play action automatically gets better. I just think every element of that team, Sean McVay is the most excited he's been since he got to Los Angeles, right? So I just think everything's working in their favor. They have everything right at the right time, right? You still have Aaron Donald locked up. You still have Jalen Ramsey locked up. Jalen Ramsey's even doing some recruiting on Twitter. So it's good to All see. That. So that, that's why I have them in my like top tier most improved because I could see a serious Super Bowl run mm-hmm. and like a 13-win season. I think they'll finish as the first seed. If not them, then like Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't. I didn't list them at all. And uh, Really? Like that's totally fair what you guys are saying, and I could de- and the, it's weird because like my expectation is like what you guys are expecting. I'm expecting them to be at least a top three team in the NFC, and Stafford definitely puts them over the hump. I just hated their offseason so much outside of Stafford. I hated their they're they're one of my least favorite drafts. Yeah, uh, I actually think Brandon Staley is a huge loss. I would feel much more safe and, and like confident with the Rams. I think their defense might take a step back a little bit, like from first to like six, and I think that's a big enough jump for where, where like they could lose a playoff game. That's yeah. But oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like, everything you said, if you put them in the top ten, like they definitely deserve to be there. Just for Stafford, I just for some reason I just kind of not forgot them. I just didn't like put them. So I actually like I kind of like Stafford is so so much big of an upgrade. Like over, no. I know, but that's why I had them in. I think a jump from like yeah, nine that, that to twelve or thirteen games is a big enough jump yeah. to qualify. Nothing more there. important than like coaching and quarterbacks. So. Yeah, I agreed with both of you. That's why I kind of just like like the off season really like. Like, yeah, they, they obviously Stafford and, and, like, minimal additions, but it wasn't, like, that great of an offseason. But then on Peter's side, too, we're, like, they're kind of expected to, like, yeah. make a Super Bowl run now. So, like, of course they're going to be better than they were last year if they're going to make a well, Super Bowl run. Yeah, so here's my thing. Like, Ryan, you said even if you, like, expect them to drop from, like, the number one ranked defense, let's say the fifth or sixth, I don't even think – I think six is too far. I think with that much talent you have, and realistically the offense is going to be on the field a lot of the game. I, I don't see them dropping out of the top five in terms of defenses so even with that drop from one to whatever like if you win 13 games you're probably gonna finish as the first seed you're gonna get that first round by you're gonna have fresh legs going into playoffs 
it's going to be extremely hard no matter who plays them for you to go to Los Angeles and beat the Rams the first round of the playoffs. Mm. No, no, I'm just like, I'm expecting, I'm expecting like a much better, like just even like I hated Jared Goff, hated watching. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad that it's Stafford, but yeah, I just didn't put him in, but you could definitely sell me on like to take, take a team out and put them in. Like you could definitely talk me way more into Rams than the Giants. So I, I hated Jared Goff from the moment that the Jets beat the Rams last year. And I was like, this guy couldn't just do us a favor and just and just beat us. Like, I hated him before that. That, that just like added to it. Was like, I didn't like him, but after that, I was like, all right, this guy's on my shit list now. I was like, <laughs> he's just so bad when you want him to be good. Like, he always has those games every year, like a couple fantasy games. You're like, oh, wow, he's good. Like, Jared Goff, looking good. And a couple of nice, and he throws a beautiful deep ball. He really does. Yeah, he does. That's in the league. It's just anytime there's pressure or anything else, is like terrible. Yeah. Like this, but. Um, all right, do you have another um, honorable mention, or that's it? No, that's it for me. Right, that's it for me, too. All right, so you guys want to get into the teams that you guys have in the top ten? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so one of the teams uh, you already mentioned, Andres- Andresini or Andresani? Andresani. You can call me whatever you want. Well, there's Peters <laughs> on the show, and they're both PA, so it's confusing. I, I picked the Vikings for one of them. And I, I think it's because I think that I see them as like with that extra playoff spot. I think they're going to make the playoffs this year. They were seven and nine last year. Um, you, you kind of already mentioned all the points and uh, just Justin Jefferson. The offense is fun. The offensive line got a lot better too, which is yeah. something you actually didn't mention, but like besides the secondary. So I'm mm-hmm. expecting the line to be like, like average this year compared to like below average. Like, so, and you know, Kirk Cousins is only going to take you so far, but I think, this is a big enough jump, like with the additions to go from seven to nine to maybe, well, nine and eight or 10 and seven, because I know the records yeah. this year. So, and the division I think got easier. Like if the Bears start in Dalton, I think that's win- winnable games, and the Lions just got rid of Stafford. So I feel like there's three or four winnable division games. If you can beat the Packers, it's five, like once. But even if you don't think you win four division games, and then Vikings had it, they always have a usually pretty good roster, but I think this is one of their better rosters than it's been for the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have the points on the Vikings. One of the teams I had, again, just knocking them out, teams that we kind of already discussed, uh, Washington, right? Yeah, me I too. think the jump, even though you won the division, when you have seven wins, I could easily see you having, like, you know, Jasani said, like, what would you say, 11 wins? I think that's yeah. liable. Yeah. You have, granted, Fitzpatrick, it's not like he's a superstar, but he's better than anything you were playing at quarterback last year, right? You add that. A healthy, scary Terry. You add Curtis Samuel on the offense. And then I think the biggest addition, bigger than Fitzpatrick and Curtis Samuel, was Jackson as your number one cornerback. Because that was the only thing you could have said really, like, not even that it was bad, but you could have used help that. And now you got the help. You have already the pressure from your front seven. Now you have, like, the back end of your defense to be able to, you know, hold down, even if you can't get to the quarterback in, like, the first few seconds. Like, they could cover downfield now. You have good man corners. So they have the best roster easily in the division. Yeah. Just a matter of staying healthy and executing. Yeah, I agree with that 100. I, I think that what you said about Fitzpatrick holds true. Where it's like you know, you know what you're going to get. You know exactly what you're going to get from Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's a gunslinger that's going to turn the ball over a ton, but he's also going to make some ridiculous plays that you're like, oh, okay, that's why they call him Fitz Magic, you know. And like the offense based around him is talented enough to the point where like 
I'm not going to say it's as talented as the 2015 Jets offense where it made him look like an actual like starting caliber quarterback, you know, with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker and everything like that. But, you know, you got Logan Thomas, you got Scary Terry, you got Curtis Samuel, you know, like Antonio they, Gibson. they got Antonio Gibson, right? You know, they got a lot of nice, fun pieces. You know, they got Kelvin Harmon to they got Antonio Gandy Golden. Like they got a lot of like really good, like lower caliber players, too, that could fill in those holes. So I think that. I, I honestly think that Scary Terry and Ryan Fitzpatrick are, are going to be best friends. Like, yeah. I could see Terry going over like fourteen hundred yards just just because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. But yeah, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. The defense, we all know about the defense for Washington. Like, we know that they're going to be spectacular. So, yeah. and they added, you know, they added a good cornerback with William Jackson as well. So, like, the rich get richer, almost like. Yeah. Yeah. So they were the team that I was, I was debating on between the Giants and Washington, and I had, okay. to, I had to pick Washington just because. Yeah, over the Giants, I get that. Yeah, and, and my, my logic was like, oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't because they made the playoffs last year, but, like, they barely made the playoffs last year in a bad division. Yeah, seven wins, and you're going yeah, to drastically improve that. This feels a much, much better team overall. Um, I, li- I actually like Jamin Davis now that we did, like, kind of surprise pick, but I feel like he's actually going to upgrade their, their linebacker core. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love De'Ami Brown. I know you guys didn't mention him. Yeah. yeah. I actually feel like compared to the Jets, like in 2015, where the Jets were like very top heavy, but it was only yeah. Marshall, only Decker, and only Chris Ivory. I feel like Washington's much more balanced and have a better yeah. off the line. They so, have definitely yeah. deeper, yeah. Definitely. And I will yeah. say this, as much as I shit on Fitzpatrick, the last two or three seasons, he's actually been pretty consistent. Now, yeah. can he maintain that with expectations on him? Because there was no expectations on him for like the last two or three years with Tampa and Miami. It's yet to be seen, but I'm actually pretty confident he's going to win. I'd be shocked if they don't win nine or nine plus games. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Granted an injury of some like so still. yeah, that's the question. If the Giants or the Cowboys could also get to ten wins in order to pass them to the division, it's gonna be hard to do considering the you know, the division. But mm-hmm. they could do it. Real quick before we move on to the next team, Peter, you said uh how you know Terry and Fitzpatrick are gonna be best friends. I don't know if you guys saw from like a month ago at um whatever it was, uh voluntary OTAs, uh the Washington football team were like doing some kind of game where it's like write your best friend's name on the oh, board. Oh yeah, I think. Oh yeah, I think grow, my, my yeah. best friends are Terry and Curtis. <laughs> I forgot about that. I think that was like subconsciously like like seeped into my mind, and until you mentioned it right now, yeah, I was like, oh was yeah, hilarious. I forgot about that. <laughs> Retweeted that on Twitter. I have to go find that. It was hilarious. You already know when he ducks deep, it's going to Terry. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like that Marshall connection where he just like throws it, and you know it's going to one guy. So. That was the most fun team that never made the playoffs I've ever seen. Oh, that I mean, before we go move on to the next team, we were going to win that first round playoff game. The Bengals, the Bengals never won a playoff game. We would have beat them. Uh, second round would have been Denver or Denver or Pittsburgh, and that De- no, we would have beat Pittsburgh for the playoffs. So it would have been Denver. Denver was not healthy that year. We could have, we could have, I don't know. Could I think we would have made the championship game and lost. Alrighty, I hate the Jets. <laughs> Dude, that, you know what's sad? That was our best team in ten years. Yeah. Like, no, by no. far. By far. Well, right, we're just, getting to the Jets. Can we just talk about the Jets? Because we all know we have the Jets. As yeah. Like top three. Let's just talk. <laughs> yeah. Let's get out of this way. Out of let's the transition. Way. I do have the Jets. Um, they, like, you know, honestly, just just upgrading from Salah to Gase probably deserves to be on the list. That's how bad. That's it's three getting. wins in and of itself. Forget about your it's roster. It's automatic bad. three wins. I yeah. think the Jets had the worst coach, like, in NFL history. In, like, I was just going to say. Definitely Jets history. A lot of people complain about, like, Kotite, which is fair. 
Gase, that was the worst season I've ever seen as a Jeff fan. And like, at least Kotite had some success in Philadelphia. Like, like over dramatic, like, oh, you're just a Jeff fan. You like, you watch bad football. Yeah, we can distinguish what bad is. I, I knew week one of the Buffalo game, the Jet season was over. I lost all all confidence. In yeah. Week one, you can go back to the show. I was like, yeah, the Jets are probably going to go to Trevor Lawrence. I was already on that boat from week one of last year. So like it's a fair know, assessment. We can know bad football. Like we can just like we can distinguish bad to mediocre to like good. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the worst season I've ever seen, and we still somehow won two games. So that's that's the thing about the NFL. It's so hard to to actually win zero games because like we two playoff teams too. There's injuries. There's like upsets every week. There's teams who like kind of look down on teams. Mm-hmm. So I'd be stunned if the Jets don't win six plus games. I think six is the floor for this team. Honestly, yeah. I think they're gonna surprise a lot of teams too, where it's like. Even the games we lose, I think we're going to be like, like smacking people in the mouth, especially our defensive line. And if we sign Morgan Moses, I'm even more confident that we're going to run over teams. So, oh, that would be so. That would be like that would honestly cap like a like a pretty beautiful off season for the Jets. Like, I've been waiting for that notification for the past couple of days ever since it was like they're close to finalizing a deal. I'm like, oh man, just come on, just give it to me. I'm like, come on, just give me that deal. Get it done, yeah. This is like as a Jeff fan too, even any fan. It's like going into this offseason. There's a lot of questions. There's like we're keeping Darnold, uh, you know. I'm so glad they didn't. What are we gonna do with the draft picks? You know, I feel like every even for agency, like I wanted Carl Lawson so bad. I want him in the draft. Peter can. He was at my house when when the Bengals took him in the fourth round. I was calling for this guy since like round two. So the Jets really did everything I wanted. Um, obviously, you guys know my stance on Darnold. If you watch the show, so. Just upgrading from Zach Wilson. Well, I don't want to say upgrading. We'll say trains and quarterbacks. We'll see about Zach Wilson. I'm pretty confident yeah. he's not going to be that bad because, you know. Anything's going to be an upgrade. You don't have to be yeah. shy of that word. Pretty much, yeah. You know, you got to see it on the field, I guess. I'm not going to crown anybody. Yeah. But like Ryan, Zach, even but, if – Ryan, if he could get, like, six first downs in a game, that's an upgrade, which is sad to say. It would be nice if we had a quarterback to throw double-digit touchdowns. You know, we couldn't even hit that with Darnold last year. So. Uh, yeah, between coaching, the quarterback change, and just like the offseason additions, I don't know how the Jets yeah. wouldn't be because they're going to improve at least four plus games in the, mm-hmm. in the total. So. My only worry is that the Jets have a really hard schedule. That's and my the Jets trade. also have a really terrible secondary. They have no cornerbacks yeah, whatsoever. That's, that's the thing. It's like the secondary, but you can't fix everything mm-hmm. in one offseason. Exactly. Gonna, yeah. Probably not going to the playoffs. I mean, if everything hit, we could like as a last, like the last, last spot. Um, I think mm-hmm. we'll be in the hunt though in November, which yeah. will be a change. It'll be fun. It'll be like five and four, four and five. We'll still be mm-hmm. hanging in there. And it, I think we're going to shock a team or two this year where we're not expected to beat and we're just going to smack them in the mouth. I did have in my, my record prediction uh, video like a month ago or something, I did say I did have them at six and 11. And that's only because I do feel like this roster is at least one more draft away from being like one more draft and one more free agency away from being like, okay, like the jets got something here. Like they definitely have something like the culture has changed. Like I feel different about this team. And like, I didn't feel that once I heard like Adam Gase was hired, I was like, Oh shit. And then like, I heard like, you know, Robert Sala was hired and I was like, man, the guy brings like unmitigated passion and like intensity. And that's what you need. Like he literally has a guy that has to like hold him off the field. Like that's what I want in a head coach. Like, you know, like, and I feel like players feed off that too. We're like a head coach really makes that much of a difference for a football team, for any team, really, in any kind of sport. You know, a a coach's passion and stuff like that really makes a difference. And then, like I said, I wasn't in love with the fact that they really didn't do anything to the secondary, but also to play, like, devil's advocate with Sam Darnold and, like, with with Zach Wilson. What I've already seen with, with Zach Wilson before he even takes a snap is that the Jets have already put him in a better position to succeed than the Jets ever put Sam Darnold in a position to succeed. 
like, you know, you got him an extra wide receiver. Like you, you signed a wide receiver, you drafted uh, AVT, you know what I'm saying? Like you got a running back, like they, they've done things to where it's like, okay, like if you're one, one more draft and one more free agency, where like, maybe you can get a tight end, you can get another, you know, offensive line piece. It's like, all right, you really got something with this offense. All right. Be truthful though. If you could do it all over again. Right. Like only mm-hmm. Sam Darnold, right. We actually don't know like much about him. Like, I guess if you think he's good or mediocre or bad, um, it all of like the things that led us here. Would you do it again for Zach Wilson and his team? Because I would. I would do it again. I would. I would go through it all. It, it makes me through. really appreciate this team already a lot more than the past like three or four yeah, years. You haven't, you haven't taken a snap yet, and I would do yeah. it because <laughs> I have no faith in Sam Darnold being even if he's average this year. I don't want average. Like, why the fuck do we want average? Like, you know, yeah. like we don't want mediocre bad. We want like this team to be special, and I mm-hmm. think you can only do that on a rookie contract. So if Sam Darnold even played mediocre. I'd be like really scared going into this year. Like if he's got him, I'd be like, Oh, like I don't want to extend him. Like, well now the important thing is right. To make sure you guys have a good season. Right. And get like a belief system. And because you're going to have cap space going into next off season. And if you really want to make that playoff caliber, you know, division winning jump, you're really going to need to execute and bring in like star players, free agency and have another good draft. Cause you still have a lot of draft picks. No, you're hundred percent. Maybe even right. trade picks for a star player. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at him with yeah, that like that. Jamal Adam Strabe is another big thing that, that that set the franchise up so much. <laughs> yeah, it did. You know, another thing too, where like, where like Peter nailed it on the head with like free agency and stuff. What people don't understand about football is that it's a capped sport, so everyone has the same probability, really. Yeah. to sign someone because you all have the same money. I mean, obviously cap space situation, but like everyone has money. It's a revenue sharing system. I like so, that better too because it's fair. Like star players actually go to like cities you never would go to. Ex- exactly. That's what I love about football. And then other than that, like, but at the same time, good free agents still want to go to good teams. So you have to separate yourself. As, even if the Jets go six and 11 this year, five and 12, whatever. If you have a good core and you have a like, like Peter said, a belief system, and people love the culture change and like what you're building over there. They will go to that team. So that's really important for, <clears throat> sorry, for the Jets this year is to really have a culture change and like let's let's believe in what in what Robert Sala and, and company are preaching. Like, let me throw this like hypothetical, right? Let's say you guys have a really good year, right? So even if it's like in the six and eleven year, but you guys look are competitive in every single game. You're not getting blown out. The players are playing for the coach. Coach is coaching for the players. Good environment all around. You know, the players are reaching out to their friends in the offseason. You know, we got something special here. We're a piece away. And not this exact player, but let's just throw it out because I know right now he's on, like, trade rumors or stuff like that. And you add a Stephon Gilmore level caliber of, like, corner, right? How much more confident would you feel in this team if you say, okay, Stephon Gilmore is our number one corner with all the pieces we have going into year two? I think it depends on what they give up for him. No, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if you're able to acquire that kind of talent, like next oh. in one year's time, yeah, mm-hmm. you feel more confident about, like, okay, like, okay, let's start talking about like us versus the Bills for the division. Let's start talking about depending on the Patriots play this year, you know, in a year's time from now. Yeah, I, I would feel if you could get someone to agree to come here at the caliber of Stephon Gilmore, I 100% already feel better about like every every aspect of the Jets because it's yeah. like, who the hell would want to come here, like this time last year, you know, and then two years on from then you're getting a guy like Stefan Gilmore to come here. Like that's big. That's really big. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's just one good season away and you could move mountains. Yeah. hundred percent. 
I'm glad we got the Jets out of the way. I was actually kind of worried <laughs> you guys didn't have the Jets on uh, on, on your. No, there's no way you did. Reason. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just gonna read off like notable additions, free agents, and draft. You add Corey Davis, Carl Lawson, Lamarcus Joyner. Keelan calls small name, but it's still gonna help out. Everyone forgets about Lamarcus Joyner too. He's yeah, a, I don't know what. Just don't major play role. him at nickel and mm-hmm. fine. Sheldon Rankins, Jared Davis, Marcus May, Zach Wilson, AVT, Elijah Moore, mm-hmm. who everybody's been raving about no, him at camp so far. A star, like a star, star. That's you, what everybody's saying. Like, all the B writers, that's what they're saying. Like that's good. I forgot mm-hmm. who who tweeted or reported. They were like, <clears throat> was watching uh, Elijah Moore on the field today, and, and it's every day. To him. Every They're day, like, days, it's like something he doesn't want to wait for that. You know, have a lot of not just receivers, but NFL players in general. Like, it's the that year two jump where you really see something. They were like Elijah Moore he doesn't want to now. wait for year two. He yeah. wants it now. Love yeah, that. Some of these guys are drafting too. Like, like you talk about culture. Like, you can see some of these guys, like the rookies. Speaking of Elijah Moore and Michael Carter, they're going to the facility at six thirty a.m. They're the first ones there. Like the Jets are just like building something super exciting where it's like and everyone likes each other i don't know if like that's what joe douglas wanted though that was his plan from the beginning that we didn't know like the caliber of players like ryan we've talked about this like off camera like during the draft or like after free agency signing Corey davis like he's bringing guys in the building where like their life is football like after like on a random like you know what i mean like wednesday afternoon they're like okay let me go watch tape he doesn't have a tv he just watched (laughs) i'm serious like this is the, it, it's those kind of players though, and you wonder why he wanted Jamal Adams out the door. Yeah, so I'm super excited about the Jets, even if they only win six games this year. I think they're going to win seven, for being honest, but um, probably Homer take because they, they are in a tough division. But uh, it's going to be exciting, much more exciting than we've been, especially when we hired Gase. Like a nightmare. Um, I knew it. Every Jet fan knew it at the time. People were like, like our, our like beat reporters are like challenging us, like, oh, what do you know about Gase? You've seen him play in Miami. Like you've seen the Miami team. The Jets have the worst beat reporters of like any team yeah. in the NFL. <laughs> I don't want to get into it, but yeah, they do. Just like, <laughs> super negative. Even Rich Samini asking Ugh. Corey Davis, "Did he miss Sam Darnold?" It's like, come on, like, are you, like you came here to play Sam Darnold. Everyone knew. Everyone knew you didn't. Like, he signed to play. Like the Jets sold him on a vision. Um, they they told him like obviously every player to keep it under wraps for moving on. Like, so you don't you don't you're not gonna trash anyone publicly. Like it's just it's just yeah exactly. But anyway, let's transition to a similar kind of team. Uh, pro- this is probably Peter's favorite offseason. I have the Jaguars. and um, Oh, just I'm be- so happy you had them in. Yeah, it's because they had one win last good. year. Uh, like, this mm-hmm. is not very funny. They had one win last year. So, of course, they got a lot, lot better this offseason. Got Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I-, I really like Marvin Jones. Like, it's, it's like a sleeper addition. Yeah. They bolstered the defensive line. Even though, like, I wasn't in love with their draft, like, as a whole, besides yeah. Lawrence, like, like Peter, like, this our notice was, um, they did add talent, like, you know, throughout the draft, uh, obviously teams right. kind of devoid of talent, and I don't think they play in a tough division. Uh, that's just my opinion. So, like, I don't see the Jaguars like obviously winning the division, but I, I could see them actually pushing. Well, they're going to be better than the Texans, so they they're not going to finish yeah. last in the division automatically. And uh, even if they only win five games this year, uh, maybe six, it just like that's a big upgrade. And like, from one win, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And like how that was one of the worst teams that they might have been worse than the own 16 Lions, you know, they won week one. That, that team is awful at points last year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely exciting. Like, if you're a Jaguars fan, like last year was hell as a Jet fan, so I can only imagine. <laughs> we were both tanking. Like, as a fan, like, you know, obviously you want a quarterback. It's just like that's tough to see because you do want to see some like bright spots on the team. Yeah. There's not many, you know, like a one win team. So, well, the consolation prize was pretty good for the Jaguars. So, yeah. Would you hire Urban Meyer though? Like, like oh, what, him? 
I actually, that's what I want. I was waiting until you, you finished your point. I actually don't even have the Jaguars in my top 10 or my honorable, honorable mentions. And like, yeah, you could argue, obviously they're going to be improved from one win from last year, but I despise the urban Meyer hiring. <laughs> I think and I, I don't, I didn't like it from the beginning when they were like, Oh, it's urban Meyer all day. And I'm like, why? I'm like, why is it Urban Meyer? He's going to quit, like, quit in two years when, when they're still not his, winning the division. His, like, his coaching staff is just like, it's been an abomination watching him put together like this coaching staff. <laughs> and it's, like, do you remember the athletic, what was it, the, like the, the head trainer or something like quit? Because yeah. like, yeah. like, the yeah. allegations came out. Like, quit. Yeah. It's just like an abomination. I don't like the way that I described it in a, in a previous video where I couldn't really elaborate because I was like on like a time crunch. But what I said was, this feels too much like a college football team to me right now to the point That's where it's building it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't like that. Like, why are you building a professional team? Like a college football team? I just don't like urban Meyer in general as, as like, as like a person too. like his years when he was on, what was he on like college football game day before he yeah. got like hired at, at Ohio state. And I was just like, Oh God, I can't stand this guy. I don't think he's going to be good. Like with the press, I don't think the players are necessarily going to like him either. I think it's going to be a whole big disaster, but, but talking about play player wise, like, yeah, like I like Marvin Jones. Like I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a really good player. Like despite the fact that I hated where they pick picked Etienne, like I think that that was a good pick, like in the long run, even though you had a undrafted free agent running for a thousand yards last year, like, like some of the things that they did, I was just like, ah, I don't, I don't really understand like what they were doing. And they paid, I'm drawing a blank on the safety's name right now that they signed, but they gave him like $36 million over four years for a guy that I've, I've barely up, heard uh, of. Rayshon Jenkins. Yeah. Like Rayshon Jenkins, yeah. they gave like 36 mil. And I was just like, ah, oh, like some of the, they're, they're just throwing their money around at this point for like some of the moves that they made. But obviously like if we're thinking about the grand scheme of things, like, record improvement they're gonna be improved of course because it's really tough to not improve off of one win especially you have another chance this year to get another win because now there's 17 games so you know like i i think houston twice yeah exactly so there's your two wins right there (laughs) but but i just think that like like i was we were just preaching about before with like culture change and everything It's, it's a big thing and i just think that urban meyer sucks (laughs) <laughs> and <laughs> to put it lightly, and I just think that players are going to hate him about halfway through the season. Remember, like the Matt Patricia thing with with the Lions when he was hired, and they were like, "Dude, this guy's working us to death." Like we hate him. Like I feel like that's a similar situation, just on a grander scale, because the name is bigger. I get what you're saying. I just think it's going to take a little bit more time because most of this team is really young. So like, mm-hmm. I feel like they don't know better. Like you don't have that many veterans who are like, yo, what does this guy think he's doing? He thinks he's like a genius. It's <laughs> oh. almost like a Chip Kelly kind of effect where you think you're better than Gosh. everybody else around you and you suck. Right. <laughs> so my thing is, I'm just honest. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm just biased towards the Jags because I, they had one of my favorite draft classes this year in the draft. You take Trevor Lawrence. Okay. No brainer. A lot of people didn't like the ETN pick. I liked it. And besides it, that, not at, the, not at the no, yeah, granted, the, that's the selection, fine. yeah, needed the pick. yeah, yeah. Pick. but Tyson Campbell was one of my favorite corners in the draft. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, a little before you, before you move on, right? Like, how, who, like, I understand, like, adding secondary, of course, like, the Jets need to do it, like, Jaguars have done it, but like, you know, you can't play three outside corners, you know, that, right? Like, who's gonna play in the slot? <laughs> so you just see the like, you signed Shaquille Griffin, right? Tyson Campbell, yeah. top of round two, you're asking the ninth overall pick to play in the slot. To Henderson, like, what are you doing? Because if one of them's not getting on the field, it's a waste of a pick. We're being honest. Or you, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're gonna see how they do it, but 
Who knows? But it's just you have talented corners. Kind of so team, hopefully, what kind of team building is that though? Like you're not taking players who are going to play. Like ETN too is a I'm just I'm just strictly looking at the talent in which they're bringing in the building because coming from what they had, that one win roster. That's why I put Walker him on. Little. I'm not excited Nobody for knows about him because of his ACL tears and injury history. I thought when healthy, he was a top five tackle. I think he's going to be a top five tackle in, in terms of who was drafted. I like that pick, like like the player himself. Like I'm glad that you mentioned Walker Little because the the player himself, like healthy, great player. Yeah. Like remember la- this time last year, or like two years ago, he was considered a first round pick, like 100. percent Like like he was a lock for the first round. And it, what just bothered me about that pick was like, yeah, like Jawan Taylor is coming off of a pretty shitty like sophomore season. You know, he's still on a rookie deal. You just franchise tag Cam Robinson. Like, why are you taking a tackle there? Well, okay. the thing is, I think Walker Little is going to be better than both of them, and one of those two guys is going to be out the door. I hope, I hope so for the for yeah. where they picked him. No, yeah, but one of those two tackles is going to be out the door next year. It's, so even it's if you have to slide somebody Taylor. into guard, yeah. So even if you slide somebody into guard for a year, Robinson, honestly, it's like he's getting a lot of money. And then Andre Cisco from Syracuse, I loved, mm-hmm. I love that. That was a good pick. pick. Yeah, you're right. And then the defensive tackle, uh, Tufele. I thought yeah. he was a top yeah. five tackle in the class, and you got him late. They, oh, what was it? Oh, oh, man. I forget. I saw a tweet the other day about the Jaguars. It, I gotta, I, I'm gonna send it to you later, Ryan, if I could find it. It was, it was freaking hysterical, man. Oh, man. It, it was something about Urban Meyer. I just, like, if you ever see an Urban Meyer hate account on Twitter, just know it's me. Okay. <laughs> just know that it's me. <laughs> yeah, I don't like him either. I don't hate him as much as you do, but I, I am kind of like waiting for their downfall. Um, mm-hmm. like, in, in like two years, I'm like, I'll give them the uh, three year pass here because you know, year one of Trevor Lawrence, a lot of moving pieces, right. but um, yeah, for how they like tanked this year too, for like the, the Jets, like they did not tank honorably. Like, no, I don't think anyone tanks honorably, but that was the worst tanking job, like in terms of like how they did it. It's yeah. so frustrating to watch as a Jeff fan. I watched so many other games last year too for James Robinson, so um, but yeah, just, just strictly from last year to this year, it's hard to not see them taking like three times the amount of wins they had last year, if not more. Mm-hmm. So um, let's move on. Spend a lot of time on them. So I've covered four teams. How many of you guys gotten so far? I'm losing track. I've gotten Washington. Um, we, we have mixed up with our honorable yeah, mentions too. I have Washington, Minnesota, the Jets, and Jacksonville. Another team I think we have to talk about right off the bat is New England. I have them too. I have them too, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's just to get them out of the way because I don't even think it's, it's that much to it. You had Cam Newton year one not knowing the system completely and then always dealing with injury and then COVID and he just was never able to get, you know, his foot through the door. I'm not even a big Cam fan, but it's not. it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that if he's healthy and plays most of the season that they're going to be winning games with all that yeah. they put around him on offense, plus the additions you made on defense. They just added in literally every free agent on day one. Anybody who was there, that was a name they paid. And they're also getting their big-time guys that uh, elected not to play last year on defense are coming back. Um, they had – what, it was a few – I know it was at least a few, like, defensive linemen themselves. Back. Yeah, like linebackers, like really solid pieces. And then you add Matthew Judon to that too. And it's like they, they lacked a real pass rush last year. And, and Judon is, is a good player. I like Judon a lot. And, yeah, you're right. There's not really much to it. I mean, they spent – more money in like a day than they've spent in the last 25 years combined. So like, like you said, like they're, they're going to do, they're going to do a lot better than last year. That's for sure. (laughs) 
they seen what the Bills did last year, and Belichick was like, nope, we're going to improve this roster, try to get back to being the champs. Um, yeah, just like the fact they even won seven games last year is remarkable. It's like, good. No one talks about it. That's crazy. That team was not good. Like week to week, I was watching them. Like some of these games, they were actually trash. Well, they beat the Jets twice. I mean, no, that's fair. But like, there was no game. But and the Jets should have beat them with Flacco. We just gave them the game at the end. But like, like this is the Patriots team last year. We're like, this is the Patriots. Like, this is not like the team we've seen in the past. And um, I, I still think the fact they won seven games for me was impressive. I think it really it shows how good of a coach Bill Belichick is that he could actually get that roster to seven wins. And they, if you think about it. The game against the Bills, they Cam Newton fumble, fumbled away. And then the game against Seattle, they could have won. So right there, they're 9-7. and seven. There was another game, too, that lost by, like, a possession. I think it was yeah. – like, he, like, threw four picks. So even then, 10-6, and six, like, they're in the playoffs. But yeah, these are additions that are probably taking over the hump, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so that's good. I, f- I figured we'd all have the Patriots. It makes a lot of yeah. sense. Uh, I have a team that I don't think you guys are going to have. Uh, I have the Cowboys – and it's don't really, yeah, it's strictly because I think they're going to win the division. Uh, I, okay. I think Dak Prescott is easily a top, if you want to say top 10. I'm, I think he's closer to five than he is to 10. Uh, played four games last year. I think he's phenomenal. Uh, we have both tackles coming back, which will help Zeke and the offensive line in general. Now it's aging the line. It's not like top five, like top three, like it used to be. I still mm-hmm. think it's like, I still think it's upper tier and that's good enough in this league. Um, yeah, and I think their defense got better. Like, and it's strictly because they hired Dan Quinn. As much as I didn't like him as a head coach, I think when you kind of put someone back at like what they're used to and kind of what they know. Look at Todd Bowles. Yeah. Yep. And, exactly. Yeah, I don't. I hated their. Um, who was their? Who was their coordinator last year? Nolan. Yeah, Mike Nolan. Yeah. yeah trash. Like one of the worst. <laughs> so, just like just changing schemes, like you know, changing personnel. Like they added a bunch of linebackers. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of Parsons as. Uh, if you watch the person, but still, <laughs> I think mean, he's still talented. If anyone's gonna like coach him up, it's like the Dan Quinn, it's like the Seattle mm-hmm. teams, like they know how to actually um, develop linebackers and they added a bunch yeah. of linebackers. So, and um, yeah, so like secondary is still a major concern. Like, I'm not saying they're going 17 and no, it's just like I, I do think Dak Prescott and just adding, uh, you know, the offensive linebacker, I think they're good enough to win the division. I, I think to be. F- like I definitely see what you're saying. Dallas, Dak Prescott, for the most part of his career, through three or four seasons, like how many division games does this guy lose? Like he's money in the division. Yeah, five and one every year at least. I I think what what really is underrated about the Cowboys itself is like yeah, like Trayvon Diggs first off had like a pretty shitty rookie season if we're being honest, but like you know a year under his belly, he wasn't supposed to be thrusted into the starting spot. Like, now he was thrusted into the starting spot. Now he kind of, like, towards the end of the season, he played a lot better. Um, now you have, you know, a full training camp. He has a year under his belt. You add Kelvin Joseph to the other side, too, who I really liked in the draft. He was, like, a really underrated cornerback. And I think that they they definitely have something there. I know I, they lost what uh, Chidubu Awuzie. Like, you know, he was a pretty good player for them, like, for a while. But, like, now I think that you step in with two young, talented cornerbacks. I think that it, I definitely think Kelvin Joseph's going to play well. And I think Trayvon Diggs is going to have a really nice back, bounce back season. And that's really all that they're lacking. Like, their secondary is pretty trash, like, on paper. But, you know, if those guys can play well, like, obviously the linebacker, the linebackers are great. Like, their defensive line is always pretty adequate. So, you know, as long as Dak can stay healthy, the offensive line stays healthy. I, I definitely think they're a playoff team. No, what actually, they really need I'm to ready. bank on is the defensive line getting to the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you could do that, you'll help out your secondary a ton. I'm banking on And Randy. then you let Dak take it from there. 
I'm going to bank on Randy Gregory, big breakout year this year. Finally going to stay on the field. Dude, he's good when he plays. Like, I'm serious. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bank on him actually playing 10-plus games this year. But Peter, I, you have any other teams you want to mention? Um, yeah, because I'm going to leave this one team for number one. I think we're all going to have them. Uh, okay. I'm actually going to mention Peter's favorite team, the Carolina Panthers. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's not, it's not even because of Sam Darnold. Like, I know it's – It's not. Yeah. It's because of everything else. Everything else. It's Fantastic. like I believe in the direction of the team. I liked where they ended last year, even though they kind of, like, um, fell off toward the end of the year. A lot like mm-hmm. even the Packers in December, very competitive team. Um, like, even, like, I thought they were even better in year one than they were supposed to be under the rebuild. Um, I loved like their draft and like a lot of the picks made sense to me, even some of the late rounds. Like I feel like they're going to get contributors. Um, my only question is Sam Darnold, but at the same time, they're coming off like Teddy Bridgewater, PJ Walker, a lot of like quarterbacks who are like, you know, PJ Walker might have played better in two games. PJ Walker is the greatest quarterback in yeah. XFL history, played, right? You leave him out of this. <laughs> no, no, he played, I'm, I'm serious. He played better than Teddy Bridgewater. I think he, he did. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And you know what? For people who are Darnold Sands or whatever, you think he's better than maybe he is. It's hard to see him being worse than he was here. Mm-hmm. And he's with Joe Brady. Like the offensive talent is so, much better, role. so, so much better than he had here. Um, so we'll see. Even if he's mediocre, that's fine. Like they're coming off a of four, I think five win season, five and 11. So it's yeah. not, it's not going to be shocking if they win seven plus. <laughs> I actually did have them in my honorable mentions. I just never said anything because we were talking a lot about Sam Darnold. So I was like, you know what? We don't have to talk about him anymore. <laughs> like, let's just leave that alone. But yeah, I think the only pick actually that I was, I kind of scratched my head at was the um, JC Horn at number eight, but I do like JC Horn, but I, I just thought to myself like, wow, like, you know, Justin Fields is still on the board. You're picking a cornerback there. And then not even that after that, the Broncos took another cornerback after, and it was like, Oh my God, what's going on here. But um, I think JC Horn is going to live up to the hype hundred percent. He was my, he was my number one guy on my board. I yeah. love JC Horn. And I remember um, when my first mock draft I had, I know Ryan loved it because I had when JC Horn was still like a, like a lower mid, yeah. you know, first rounder, you were like, Oh shit, JC Horn to the jets. Like, I love that. And I was like, yeah, that's what I really wanted, but favorite corner oh. too. I knew he was gonna rise because he was too good. Like, just yeah, he's really good. Now, yeah, I think that he's getting like rave reviews and like OTAs and stuff. So yeah, like you were right. They played a lot of really good. They had no business being in some of the games that they were in last year. Like I remember they played the Chiefs down to the wire. I think it was like 32 was 30 was the game, final though. score. Yeah, they they were they were extremely competitive, and you know, they definitely got better. Like I love the addition of uh Terrace Marshall. Like I know that they, you know, yep. Curtis Samuel was a huge part of their offense and they don't really link up. Like if you think about it, it's like Curtis Samuel and Terrace Marshall are two really different players, but like, look at that, that three and you have Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore and Terrace Marshall like that. And Terrace Marshall's fast. Like I think he ran, didn't he run like run like a sub four, four or something like that. Four, three, eight, I think. Or four, three, nine. Yeah. Like dude is a burner. Like he could actually be faster than Curtis Samuel, you know, and then you got DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So you got three legit deep threats and then Terrace Marshall, who's big enough to go over the middle of the field too, which is, which is that's really a Sam good. Darnold kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. Is it because like Mims was useless last year because because of Darnold? Yeah, but Mims was also playing hurt. No, we're not gonna Mims. Mims is burning people like until the end of the year. We just couldn't throw him the ball. Well, Joe Flacco really liked Denzel. Yeah, Flacco. Flacco <laughs> was even much better with uh, Flacco. Yeah. Oh God. What a yeah, disaster. We'll move on. Sam Darnold's gonna be better, I think. I mean, it's hard to be worse than last year, so. There was uh, one team that I wanted to mention that I actually just mentioned a second ago. It was the uh, Denver Broncos. I had them too. I'm um, in here too. Let's knock them out of the way. 
the Denver Broncos, the like first off free agency. Like I love Fuller. That was a great signing. Then you get Bryce Callahan back. You know, they locked up Justin Simmons. They drafted Patrick Sertan. Like the secondary is like elite. You know, they signed Ronald Darby too. Like their secondary went from absolute shit to like, well, besides for Justin Simmons, but you know, now it's like, oh shit, like this is really the no fly zone. Remember when they were taunting the Jets when the Jets were like no fly zone? They were like, nah, chill with that. Like, this is legit no fly zone. And and then you get back Cortland Sutton on the offensive side too, who was out all year last year. And like, I don't really believe in Drew Locke. And I don't, I'm not, I don't believe in Teddy Bridgewater either. But if that defense could live up, if Vic Fangio could actually like coach up a defense like he's supposed to. Like that defense will win them at least eight games. I feel like it's like seven or eight games just on defense alone. Yeah, I uh, agree with everything you said. I mean, definitely. Like we talked about teams like kind of rebuilding and like retooling the offseason. Uh, Broncos secondary is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's been for the past couple of years. Um, Corlin Sutton, obviously major major addition. Love. I actually really like their draft too. They were just yeah. another team like the Panthers, where I don't think they should have passed on Fields. We could be wrong. Maybe Fields is not very good, but I got a feeling this guy's going to be like really, really yeah. good. He's going to be a stud. Yeah. And, you know, you have quarterbacks like Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. It's not enough for me to pass. And especially a team like Denver. Like Carolina, maybe you can make the argument because you did, even before you traded for Darnold, like they're still like kind of year one in the rebuild. Like, mm-hmm. and they're growing, obviously. So maybe they need, they need another year. The Denver team for me have a lot of veterans, like Von Miller, even Simmons. Like, I feel like that should have been the team to go all in on the rookie quarterback. Like, especially when you don't have to trade up and he falls into your lap. Yeah. But still, you got certain. I think he's going to be a very, very good player in a division that's going to need corners. I mean, you're playing in the, like probably the best offensive division in football. Yeah. That's the only downfall for Denver for me. And that's the only thing that hold me back from like really, really liking them. It's like, it's just because of the division they're in. If they played in like three or four other divisions, I'd have them like first second in their division. Yeah. But um, for me, like they have clearly the worst quarterback in the division. Yeah. Like, yeah. Clear. Like, it's not even close. Even, like, Derek yeah. Carr is much better. So, that's, that's saying something. Question. But, you know what? Um, between I, I do agree with the Fangio take. I think Fangio is one of the best defense coordinators in the league. And I, I would be shocked. With, even the crowd coming back to playing in Denver is very tough playing a mile high. So, I'd be mm-hmm. shocked if Denver don't win at least seven games this year. I don't know what they finished with last year. They were probably, I, like, 5-11 and 11 or something. I think they were 6-10 and 10 or 5-11. and 11. Yeah, one of those 5-11, and 6-10. So, um, another, another, like, piece that, like you said, love their draft. I loved it too, and I loved their third round pick, Baron Browning. I love their because they their linebacking core is terrible, like it, it lacks so much athleticism. And I actually said in the last video that I had the breakout player, I picked Baron Browning from day one because like he could literally just step in and be the middle linebacker like right away. And he's got that sideline to sideline playmaking ability, and I think he's going to be great in that in that defense. And like like you said, you know when when you could take all the reps, of course you're going to make plays. Like he's not going to be like a rotational guy. He's just going to step in and he's going to be a big part for their defense. Cause that's really in their defense. That's really their weak spot was linebacker. And it still is like one guy isn't going to change that, but that's a hell of a guy to start changing it. Yeah. You guys hit the nail on the head with all those things. So like, again, if you had Justin Fields as your starting quarterback, I think this would be a playoff team. And then if you tell me, okay, it's now it's year two, Justin Fields. I'm like, okay, now you can compete for a division even with, you know, like, the roster is just too good. Yeah. Um, so we hit most of my teams. There's just one more team I have on my list that we haven't talked about. And staying in divisions, that's the Chargers. 
Oh, yes. I'm so glad you house. said that. Yeah. They're, my, they're my 9 out of 10. I have one other team left besides the Chargers. but I just have the Chargers left. So You start off with the Chargers. You guys yeah, are so, going to hate me. Oh, why? I have a one, two, uh, three. Oh, no, I think only three, four. Maybe maybe four more teams. Wow. That we didn't talk. Well, you had a lot of the teams we mentioned in your honorable mentions. That's why. I know. I kind of went hog wild. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> we like hearing the different takes. My thing is just when it comes to the Chargers, like the first thing, like you're getting year two of Justin Herbert, and he surprised, I think, oh. everybody in the league, fans, front offices, everybody. But the offensive line you put in front of him now, now oh. this guy's protected. So now we're really going to see what he's going to do. You know what I mean? You bring in Corey Lindsley. Matt Feeler, and then Jared Cook's talking a lot of shit about the Saints recently, but not for nothing. He's still another weapon for wow, Herbert was... to utilize. That had some malice behind it when you said that. Well, no. Why is it? Why is he talking about New Orleans so much? Every day he's talking about New Orleans. Like, focus on what you got going on over there. You draft Rashawn Slater. You have Asante Samuel now because your secondary is always liable in terms of health. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's uh, everything they did. Like, And they're getting back a healthy Derwin James, too. Let's just see how long he stays healthy. Fingers for, yeah. well, there yeah. we go. Fingers crossed. Put your fingers there. They just did too much to help. Like the receivers were already intact. You didn't really need to add anything mm-hmm. receiver wise. Uh, Austin Eckler, as long as he's healthy, I think he'll be good. So really, all you needed to work on that offensive was the offensive line. You did yeah, that. Yeah, they, they crushed and then you got it. Depth in your on your defense. I think, and also maybe maybe a hot take, but I was never a big fan of Hunter Henry, and the only reason why is because the guy just can't stay on the field. He's made of glass bones and paper skin. And, and like, I really, even though Jared Cook is what, like 34, 35 now, something like that, he's up there in age. Yeah, he's like at least 33. So, yeah. And I think he's an immediate upgrade over Hunter Henry, like 100%. Like, I think that he's going to form, I, well, I mean, at least staying healthy wise, like, I I think that he's going to be a really like underrated addition for them. Because if you think about it, last year was Hunter Henry's best year. And I don't even think he cracked 700 yards. Like, yeah, I mean, he's not like a, you know, he's not a Rob Gronkowski. He's not a Darren, you know, Darren Waller or anything like that. But um, I, I just think that Cook is an underrated addition. And Matt Filer is a great addition for them, too. Matt Filer finally came into his own in Pittsburgh last year because he finally got a shot. Now, instead of playing tackle, he's going to be asked to play guard, which is really his natural position. So I'm. Um, I think that the the line, Peter, you nailed it on the head. The line is going to be immensely better. He's going to have like three, four seconds to throw, which is besides Kansas City. I think they made the most drastic change to a singular offensive line. Yeah, yeah. And just like, uh, well, you guys wrapped up all the points. I'll just say this: I was watching an interview with Keenan Allen the other day on like Rich Eisen. I was like listening mm-hmm. to it, and uh, he was like, because we always talk about how last year, like, there was no OTAs, right? There was no uh, mini camps. Like, there was training camp, but, like, a lot of people miss, like, key time, like, especially rookies. That's why you've seen, like, probably more rookie struggle or not rookies have, like, non-factors in their rookie year because they just didn't get the reps they needed. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, Herbert, like, week one, uh, he never threw a football at Keenan Allen before that. That's what Keenan Allen said. And the first drive where, like, you oh know, Taylor, <laughs> as long as it's punctured, like, 10 minutes before the game, like, Herbert not only uh, – he drives him down the field and scores a touchdown on the first drive. And it's not like one of those drives where, like, oh, like, you know, it was, like, oh, only one good drive. Like, Herbert was phenomenal in every single game he played last year, maybe besides the Patriot game because, like, Belichick against rookies. But everything else was, like <laughs> – it was crazy. Like, Herbert was, like, 
I never seen. He almost beat the Saints. I've never seen a rookie quarterback. He should have beat the Saints, actually. To be fair, yeah, we we got lucky just sneaking by that game. You missed the field goal at the end, but yeah, I've honestly never seen it as an impressive rookie season as Justin Herbert ever. So that was that was a really sad day for me because I had the Chargers like plus five hundred money line. <laughs> And I was like, what, when they were up, what, they were up like 21 10 at halftime. And I was like, all right. So I doubled down and I bet on the money line. Then I bet on the second half money line. So I was poised to win like a lot of, like a lot of money. I was so excited. And then I got nervous and then I was like, all right, well, they're going to win the game on a field goal. It was like 38 yards or something. And I, just, as soon as the ball left his foot, I was like, I'm losing my money. I was like, this is it. It's over. They always do that. <laughs> Chargers with their kickers. It's like Mike Williams made a circus catch and like triple coverage. You're like, oh, Chargers won. Yep. Like, Crazy catch, phenomenal, and then like, oh, here we go, field goal lined up, and we should have known from the beginning before it was even before it was even cooked, before it was even caught. We should have known, should have known they were gonna miss the field goal. So I've got nine (laughs) on my teams done. So I'm all ten. Oh, you got all ten? Okay. I uh, (laughs) I actually I miscounted before, guys. I actually have um two. I don't know where I got four from. It's it it's it's been a long morning already, but uh. The the one that I want to mention before my my grand finale of them all is is the Kansas City Chiefs, and the only reason is because the complete overhaul of the offensive line, yeah, like that that was the most spectacular turnaround of an offensive line like I've ever seen. And their offensive line, like when healthy last year, wasn't actually that bad. It was just in the Super Bowl, like everyone was hurt, so yeah. the, the yeah. backups were pretty much playing, and and it really showed. And what I really admire about the Kansas City front office is that they saw, well, you know, our $500 million investment got the crap kicked out of him in the most important game of the year. So what can we do to make sure that never happens again in like, in like the next 10 years? And that's exactly what they did. You know, they, they drafted Creed Humphrey. They signed Kyle Long off the golf course. Um, You know, (laughs) they signed Joe Tooney, you know, they, they, they have Lucas Niang from last year who opted out, who I think is going to be, they love Lucas Niang. That was like one of their driving forces behind cutting both Schwartz and, and Eric Fisher. And then, um, you know, trading for Orlando Brown, like it's literally, it could be like all five different starters and for the better, which is, which is crazy. And, And, you know, they really didn't make any other, you know, moves other than that for the most part, but what I really like about it is that how could a team that was in the Super Bowl last year like get better? And I think that the offensive line will make them a Super Bowl champion again this upcoming year. Yeah, no, I agree with you. The only reason why I didn't have them in is because again they were in the Super Bowl and then like yeah. win total. I don't know how much actual more wins you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. They're talking twenty and zero. Like everybody's on Twitter and Bleacher Report, but oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know about all that. But you know, definitely, I told this to. Ryan and Markello when the first happened, I think it was as soon as the Thune signing happened, I was like, the Kansas City Chiefs just did in two months what NFL teams tried doing in 15 years. Yeah. So That's I, also another reason why the, cap, why the NFL cap is a joke, because they only had like $6 million in cap space, and then you see them yeah, it's like the same to an even $80 million deal, and I was like, where did they get that money from? <laughs> the Saints were like negative $90 million in the cap this year, and we just Ugh. somehow made it. Unbelievably. Yeah, you guys like just like let everyone walk except for what you guys signed. Um, you guys franchise tag Marcus, Marcus Williams, Williams, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, all right, like you guys are lucky though. You didn't really have that many like free agents that were so impactful. I feel like no, we still need to extend Williams, and we need to extend Ryan Ramchek. Oh my god, it's gonna be a little. It's gonna uh, be some rough sailing in, in <laughs> the next couple of years. But yeah, no, I, I like you said. You you said it perfectly that teams can't even achieve in 15 years what 
the Chiefs did in two months. So yeah. I just think that now that was their one kryptonite. And now, you know, Patrick Mahomes is freaking Superman again. Like, you know, he's going to be thrown for 50 touchdowns. You know, it, yeah. that I, I mean, obviously, as long as no one gets injured and, and, you know, Creed Humphrey plays up to his ability, Orlando Brown continues to play well, you know, like all that kind of stuff. There's factors that could factor into anything. But on paper, it's one of the best offensive lines in football, I think. Yeah. They go like ten deep. Like they have, they they even signed the Rams guy, like Austin Blight, and uh, yeah, they did. Back who was the, like the nurse last year, the doctor, mm-hmm. Larry, uh, uh, Duvernay Tardif. Yeah, yeah. I started so decent too. Like they, they actually go like ten deep, which is crazy. It's insane. Uh, yeah, I didn't have them only because like they made the Super Bowl the last two years. But you can make the argument like if they win the Super Bowl this year, that was the, that was a leap. And it's an improvement, I guess. This will actually help some balance on the team. I think. I think they'll actually have might have a running game this time. Like that's been like lacking in the past outside of like the Damian Williams playoff run, like really mm-hmm. run games. Not that it matters, they throw it 70% of the time. But I do feel like Andy Reid generally, if, if he can, I think he does like to run the ball a little more than he has. It just they didn't have the ability to run the ball. So. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And um I I I'm pretty much done except for for my you know, my new favorite team besides for the Jets. I have the Browns. I don't know. Yeah, me too, yeah. Basically, number, basically at number one. Just, uh, I think, I don't know if we covered them yet, but, like, we talk about the Browns so much on this channel. It's like, uh, they're always, like, in... The, God, I love the Browns. surprising because they're, <laughs> they're actually good now, and, like, they make smart decisions. Uh, team last year that took a major, major step, obviously, uh, with the new coaching staff and everything. This is year two of it. And not only did, like, they sit back and last year and, like, reflect, like, oh, you know, good year, but they, they added so much more. Like just even adding Beckham back, which doesn't get talked about enough. Mm-hmm. I know people hate on him, like like oh he hasn't been the same, which has been true. Um, but like I think people have to realize that like the year before, like it was like Freddie Kitchens, like nightmare, nightmare situation. That's like Adam Gase and like the Jets, that nightmare. Um, before like he got hurt in week five, and I, I feel like he he played okay in week one and two. Like maybe yeah. even Baker need more chemistry, maybe it's forced. But at the same time, like um, like that, that's a brand new system under Stefanski. I feel like he didn't get enough time to get actually acclimated like in the offense. And before Baker kind of took off because I, there was like leaps and progressions, like how much better Baker got from like the beginning of the season. And that, yeah. that was evident in the Ravens game. They got blown out week one. They came back in like week 14 or 15. It was like the game of the year. Like a yeah. different Browns team. Like the whole Browns team grew so much from last year. And then it's everything they added this offseason between, especially the secondary. Like they, <sighs> they identified what was going on. I still have questions a little bit about their like linebacker core, but like I love yeah. JOK. JOK should have been oh. a round pick. So like the value, oh, the value they got, I think he's going to be one of those players. Like sometimes like we rely on rookies too much. Yeah. But I feel like in his situation in particular, like there's already talent on the defense, and I feel like he wasn't actually a first round pick. I, he's my favorite linebacker in the draft. So mm-hmm. just love what the Browns did, and just like uh, I think they're going to win the North this year, and I wouldn't be. I think they're. I think they are the second best team in the AFC, honestly. Yeah. They have to be. You had JOK, Greedy Williams, right? Yeah. We, he, no, now you have Greg Newsom. It, yeah. It's just too much talent. John Johnson from Los Angeles. There's just way too much talent you added. Yeah, and, you know, they added good depth, too. They added Anthony Walker, who's a pretty underrated linebacker, too. They signed to, like, a one-year deal. They added who I was never really, like, high on as, like, a superstar, but they added Jadavion Clowney, too, to go on the other side of Miles Garrett. So, like, you know, a name. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's definitely going to – you know, they're not going to be like, ah, you know, it's, it's, it's Javion Clowney. So we'll, we'll put him one-on-one. He's going to draw attention and that's going to free up miles Garrett on the other side. You know what I mean? Just like things like that, that they, and they, they re-signed Rashad Higgins who has like a really like good connection with Baker Mayfield who like no one really 
like realizes like Donovan Peoples Jones played pretty well when he got playing time last year. Like they and they they're getting back Grant Delpit, who didn't even get a chance to play last year too. So like I, I definitely think that they have like I think I forget I think Marcus Spears said it a couple of weeks ago and usually Marcus Spears talks out of his ass but he said like something really good where he was like I think that the Browns have the most talented roster in the AFC and I was like I don't know about that but it's definitely way up there it's definitely definitely top three in the AFC I think talent wise top three yeah you yeah. can drop them below that yeah and it's just like one if you're taking the quarterback out of the situation because like the quarterback doesn't make that much of a difference and Baker's good it's just like you like when you're Comparing him to like Mahomes, it's just like yeah, that's why it's like. But if you talk about without Mahomes, I would take the Browns roster over the Chiefs. Yeah, I think on almost every level, maybe besides for weapons, I feel like even though the Browns do have really good weapons, like you know, would they? Oh well, they they have Austin Hooper too. Everyone forgets these guys go three tight ends deep. They're throwing out. I was gonna say everyone forgets about Austin Hooper too, and then David Njoku. So you definitely could make the argument for it if you take the quarterback out of the situation. Their offensive line is is really good too. That's the best in the league for the Browns. Oh man, number one. So I love Wyatt Teller. <laughs> Just his name, Wyatt. I love that name. Like <laughs> completely, I I changed their offensive line in one offseason. Yeah. So. Well, that's what just that's what just having cash for like seven years straight like does for you. Like the Browns were like constantly like sixty million dollars under the cap, and it was like, oh well, we have all this money to spend. Of course, you're going to be good. It's like I compare the Browns to how the Houston Astros used to be. The Astros were terrible for a really long time, and they just kept acquiring like top five draft picks and spending money on on guys because they had it. You know, and then out of nowhere, oh, you win the World Series. Like, I'm not going to say the Browns are going to win the Super Bowl, but, like, they have a shot, a better shot than they did five years ago. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd be happy for the Browns, even though, like, some of their fans are kind of, like, rude. Their fans are ass. Their fans are ass. Some of those fans also have gone through, like, we can only imagine what they've gone through. You know, at the same time, it's like, I can only imagine. Hey, Ryan, we've suffered a lot, too, so. I know, I'm just saying, like, from, from their point of view, like, the Sears are going to their, their house, like, and just feeding them every year. Like, yeah, I get it. Like it's tough. So I would be excited for those like diehard fans who like stay and those Browns like they have diehard fans. So, like you know, it's exciting for them. Um, the thing is though, like with, especially with football, it's like even with all those draft picks, right? How many years did the Browns just suck? Like they finally got it right with the coach and GM. Like that's the whole that was the whole difference. And then adding yeah. a quarterback who doesn't suck, like and, and Baker, I don't know where you have him, but he I think he's right around like the a little bit above average. Yeah, uh, in this offense, it's it's good enough. So. Yeah, so the Browns are my number one team, too. Yeah, me too. So is that everything? Yeah. So, all, we hit all of it? Uh, yeah, for the team. Yeah. Uh, I want to just – we'll just wrap up quickly. Um, like, last the first candidates. I know, Peter, or notice you have to go. You can leave if you need to. Uh, yeah, because i got to go ready for the Yankee game. So, yes, sir. Uh, I'm going to go with my biased team. I'm going to – again uh, – I have to go Panthers. It, the only thing that stops me is the division because it's so hard. But if you could sneak into the wild card and Sam Darnold could play good, I could definitely see an upset mm-hmm. somewhere in the playoffs. If all goes right, that's easy for anyone to say for, for everything to go right. It's just a lot of teams that we mentioned are like just from the bottom of the league to go like turn it around like that. It's going to be hard. And I don't want to say a team like the Patriots who already had seven wins. Or like yeah. the Rams who already had nine. So the team that was really bad, I think, is going to do the best, the Panthers. Um, and next year, if you ask me, I'm probably going to say the Jets. Nice. I love that. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Peter cheated a little bit because Carolina actually didn't finish last in the division. But yeah. we'll let you pass. Yeah. I'm, I was actually going to cheat with my pick too. Well, I really just had one because I was looking across the divisions and I was like, ah, this, eh. but I really like the San Francisco 49ers to start turning it around. I know that they they finished third, right? No, they finished last. They finished last. Did they really? Yeah, Are you sure? Oakland? All the Oakland? Nah, what am I saying? Oakland? I'm stupid. Nah, yeah, the Cardinals Sorry. <laughs> same, same, uh, same side, but different conference. I was thinking to myself just now, I was like, because I had that pick the entire time. I'm like, yeah, Oakland definitely finished under them. And I just realized, like, Oakland's in the AFC. What am I talking about? But, not, even, not even Oakland anymore. It's Vegas. I know. Just see, wow, I'm way off, dude. It really is early, bro. I'm telling you. But, um, no, I think San Fran and, like, the same thing, like, what you said, Peter, with, with the divisions and everything, too. Like, I think that the NFC West is the hardest division in football, just based on, like, the talent that every single team has. And, you know, now you're pretty much putting all your eggs in one basket with with Trey Lance. Like, yeah, the, like Jimmy Garoppolo will probably start. I don't think he should, but he probably will start. And I don't think this year they're going to be much better than last year. But I feel like once Trey Lance gets acclimated, I think you're going to start to see a shift where, like, the Seahawks are going to start to fall down that division. Like, they're going to get exposed for what they really are. And it's really just Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett, and just a whole bunch of scrubs. And then um, – the same thing with, with the Cardinals. I feel like <clears throat> if they don't make the playoffs this year, Kingsbury's gone, then you bring in a whole new philosophy. And then that obviously has a negative impact some, to some degree on the yeah. team and how they perform. So I really think that maybe not so much this year, but if we're talking about, like you said, with the Jets in two years, maybe in two years, I think San Francisco could definitely turn it around and get back to the playoffs and maybe even a Super Bowl at one point. So I also picked the Niners. So I'll pick a different team, but the Niners are like the obvious choice. Like there's yeah. a lot of teams who yeah. are straight up bad, straight up. Rebuild. I just don't see it happening this year in that division. That's why. The thing Definitely is, though, not. To the Niners' credit, even in their tough years when they're injured, they always win division games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they sweep the Rams. Sean McVay has never beaten the Niners. Shanahan's just too good of a coach. That's why. Like Sean McVay has been there, you know, Super Bowl playoffs almost every year besides one. He's never beaten, uh, never beaten Kyle Shanahan yet. That's wild. Coach. Now, will that change with Matthew Stafford? <clears throat> Maybe. Like, Stafford's good enough to, to win one of those games. But still, like, the, the Niners, the just impressive team, if they can stay healthy, that's like the, the like the, the only question mark them every year. It's like, what's going on at quarterback? We'll see if it's Garoppolo or Lance. But overall, Niners, really good team. But because you picked them, I'll just throw them out. I'll pick another team. Sorry. And you, you, left, <laughs> me, you left me with tough pickings here. So the options are the Jets, Broncos, Bengals, Jaguars, Eagles, Lions, and Falcons. And a lot of these teams are going to be, like, bad to mediocre if i had to pick out of all these teams i'm probably gonna pick the eagles and that's probably like crazy it's because i can't pick the lions even though i like them like not this year atlanta you know julio's gone and you know defense questions in general Bengals playing one of the toughest divisions football so i'd be dumb picking them the jets i love but like you know bills are coming off a really impressive season patriots got better and the dolphins probably got better and the jaguars are not picking them over my I keep playing against. I could have went. Man. I could have went them. I mean, they're playing tough to in pretty easy division compared to the rest of the NFL. But I'll go with the Eagles. And uh, even though I would have picked the Niners, the Eagles because I still don't trust the division. I'm I'm probably lower in the Giants than other people are, like depending on where you are in the scale. Mm-hmm. And as much as I like Dallas, like they're definitely beatable. Like we're not going to sit here. Like they got a lot of questions. And Washington football team, you know, really good team, really good team. But still, like the Eagles are worse than them, but I, I could see a scenario where the Eagles can win. Depend, and this is all on Jalen Hurts, but I, 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 I like getting Wentz out of the building. I like getting the Colts guy to come in, uh, Sirianni, whatever his name is. 
mm-hmm. like they'll actually build a good philosophy. Now, if this were to happen, it would be strictly because of Jalen Hurts, but their offensive line's come back healthy. They still have questions, the Eagles, there's no doubt, and they're aging. But if I were to pick any team out of these teams besides the Niners, I'd pick the Eagles. I'll be shocked if the Eagles actually won the division. Like, yeah, I, but I mean, you're you make you make really good arguments because when you said that, I was like, out of all those teams out there, you're going to go Denver 100. percent And then never have a better roster. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, like, you can't do it with Chargers, Chargers and and the Chiefs, right? Even the Raiders, to their credit, they haven't like I do think the Raiders are the worst team on paper in the division. Mm-hmm. But I felt that for the last two years, and somehow they win seven games every year, even though they collapse at the end. Like they they, they start off good. We know what Vegas yeah. start off well every year, and then by then <laughs> they're they're done in November or December. But <laughs> No, yeah, but um, you make all the good points, and especially that, you know, the Giants are – we don't really know what the Giants are yet, all the talent in the world. Same thing kind of with Dallas. You know what you're going to get from Dak. You don't know what you're going to get from the rest. Really, the only team that you kind of know what you're going to get is is Washington, and, you know, that's just really good defense. We don't even know what they're going to get on the offensive side yet. And then, you know, the Eagles are actually a pretty solid pick. Like, once you started talking about it, I was like, yeah, you know, Ryan actually – I was like, yeah, oh, that makes sense. All right, okay. If it's going to be any division to do, it's going to be that one. <laughs> Yeah, you were a definitely. Betting, you know, I'd bet the Niners if I was a betting man out of all these. Yeah. I am, so I'll take that bet for you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that'll that'll do for this episode. Uh, yeah, Peter, thank you for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. I, I hope I didn't talk too much. Um, no, <laughs> I loved it. I, if if you guys would have me again anytime, I'd love to come back. Absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. The first guest on this channel. <laughs> Glad it was me. I'm honored. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll put his uh, YouTube description. Um, Everything in the description. Yeah, in the description box so you guys can follow, um, subscribe to him, and check out what he's doing. I know his latest video is most breakout candidate for each team. Really interesting choices in there. Uh, the Carolina one sucked, but all so the rest. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had you in mind when I was uh, when I was picking. I know you did. Oh, Ryan's gonna love this one. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, We'll see you next week. All right. Talk to you guys next week.